When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, nothing little about uh, our next guest in this show. He was uh, <laughs> a big personality, a big unit on the field and famous for kicking some pretty big bags of goals throughout his footy career. Uh, he plied his trade at four of the biggest clubs uh, in the AFL, in Essendon, Port Adelaide, uh, here at the West Coast Eagles and also at Collingwood. Uh, kicking some uh, some big titles along the way, including winning the 1999 Coleman Medal. So let's hear all about uh, the life of Scott Cummings. G'day, Scott. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, it's good to uh, uh, good to be with you, mate. And you might be able to help me here. Yeah, you know, we go back to little athletics days, mate, in in, in Les Murdy up in the yeah, hills. Yeah, we and, do. Right, tell everyone what it looked like then. Go on, tell everyone. Tell everyone well, what it looked like. I I can remember you being a pretty handy javelin thrower, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very yeah, handy. The jab- yeah. So, you, I mean, you're almost winding yourself up like an elastic band when you're throwing the javelin. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, dynamic on your feet. Too, Tim. Bit of high jump. Yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't forget the high jump, mate. People don't believe me when I tell them. Gravity defying. It would be good to come from someone else. Look, I'll be your witness, Scott. <laughs> Witness account. No, I do remember because you were a year or or two uh, older than me, and um, I remember you being very versatile. Uh, I remember yeah. you like leaping off the ground. You know, like the the gravity was more like the moon. Um, yeah. Sailing through the air, Scott. Yeah, that changed a little bit now, hasn't it? Um, that was. Well, I don't know. Good. I haven't seen you do the high jump recently. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'd make the mat. Um, um, yeah, it was probably it's that's probably a good. Yeah, you know, a lot of people talk in years, but that's got to be a good 80 kilos ago. I'd imagine. <laughs> well, how are you going now? Look, before we uh, you know go through your playing career in some detail, how are you now? You travelling well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, there's no complaints in the world. Um, um, certainly don't live like that anyway. We're pretty <laughs> uh, pretty blessed to um, to have a have a good life. Got a beautiful wife and, and beautiful kids and um, good job and good life. So uh, um, things are okay. You won't get a complaint out of me. That's good. There's not many who would take that option of not complaining. <laughs> well, you just uh, there's, yeah, there's always things you can find, but if you yeah. go searching for them, then then what? Yeah, you know, as you move, just weigh you down. There's all things. Yeah, we can all complain about stuff, but um, if you find yourself concentrating on the the good things, mm. then um, that's what you know puts me in the mood that I'm generally in. Yep. Then um, we all have our bad days, of course, and um, and there's ways of handling that. 
and I've learned a lot about that. Now, I mean, uh, a lot about that in the last probably three or four years. Learned a lot about you know, mental health and, and that sort of thing. And thankfully, I, I, I don't have any issues on that front, but a lot of my friends do. And um, maybe it's because they're friends with me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, when you're having a bad day, you just there's, there's things that can and turn it around for you. And that's how I prefer to go about things rather than moping around all day. And Tim, to be honest with you, you don't look like a bloke who wants to hear them. You hear my complaints. So uh, look, again... I'm surrounded by people when they're problems for much of their day. So <laughs> awesome. let's take a little break from that, shall we? Um, yeah. Now that you've mentioned, uh, you know, your glory days as a junior little athlete, little athletics champion, uh, and the high jump particularly, um, let's go back to those days. Uh, when did footy start becoming kind of the dominant sport in your life? Because clearly you were you were gifted uh, at sports generally. When did footy become your main focus? Um, it's a hard one. I, I think when Little Athletics finished. Yeah. You know, little Athletics is under eight to under 15. So it was you know, Little Aths in summer and, and footy in winter. Um, I do remember going to one training session of senior athletics down mm. at Perry Lake. So that's when you decide whether you want to keep going and chase your athletics dream or um, or if it's just that, just a dream. And I went to one training session and um, I don't even know who it was with or if there was a club. But I remember being at Perry Lakes. I remember it was hot. I went down for a session. I threw up and uh, sat there in the tunnel with a wet towel over my head. I was <laughs> concerned. And, well, I looked concerned. I think they were just like, yeah, here's another one. And um, and I threw up, and I don't think I ever went back. Uh, Mate, <laughs> high jump it. training wasn't supposed to be that strenuous. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't high jump. It was, there was running involved. And, uh, yeah, as you said, I, I did... And when you're in that place, you, you, you do everything. Yeah. Um, I, did, I did pretty much every event except for... You know, 800 and 1500. I learned at mm. a very early age that I've got, that I've got the uh, the lung capacity of a two year old. Um, so it was, um, yeah. You, you just went down and trained, did everything, did all the running and that sort of stuff, and yeah, and that was it. And then I, I think I took up a one season of cricket and um, played for Les Murdy in cricket at uh, Ray Owen Reserve there, our, know it well. our local ground up there, up at the top of the hill there, and. Um, I, this is my cricket career in a nutshell. I won the fielding trophy. <laughs> uh, so that was it. That was it. It was one season. And then, uh, you know, and then footy, as you get to 16 sort of thing, you start realising that um, people, are, people are interested or, you know, clubs are interested and you start making, yeah. you know, some state teams and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and then pre-season becomes a fairly big part of it all so you know in junior days you're not doing pre-season so you could play another sport so but then you know pre-season would come into it and um it was footy all the way from there for for swan districts football club your first waffle club you, you would have had some some sensational players to look up to at swans in those days yeah when you were just a, a teenager oh, finding yeah. your way yeah well we played colts and then um the next year i played a handful of reserves games in that year um, and then 92 was reserves at Swans and I played, made my debut and played six league games under John Todd, the, the legendary John yeah. Todd. Toddy, Toddy was a superstar. He scared the pants off, mm. but taught me some of the, the best life lessons I've, I've ever had and, and he was hard and, you know, this is a this is a pretty green kid, pretty soft, you know, mum and dad were very, you know, provided everything that we needed and, um, 
Uh, we weren't we weren't well off, that's for sure. But got everything I needed, and um, and I basically had got there on natural ability without working, um, having to work hard. He taught me a lot about that. But the player wise, um, so Murray Rant. Um, thankfully, I'm so glad that Martha came back. He, he came to the West Coast, captain the Eagles for a couple of years, and then retired and came back to Swan District. So I'm so thankful that he did. He's still one of my great mates now, um, mentor of mine. MC'd my wedding, um, but it yeah, was a right. legend. And Muzzer got me, yeah, Muzzer got me by the year old as, as a 16, 17 year old, and gave me the world according to Muzzer. <laughs> and that was a different, it was a different world than what I was used to. <laughs> and um, I remember some brutal sprays from him as, as a young bloke, but he was just, he was just getting me ready. And uh, but some of my my favourite players to play with, one of my favourite captains of all time was Phil Narkel. Yeah. Um, Madge, Madge is just a superstar and um, just, he, he was so skilled and just a brilliant leader and he's still one of my favourites. Kevin Kate and I loved playing yeah. with, uh, with Kate. Um, you know, he, he was a star. Um, but there were also some players that you remember, you know, not, not positively, but, you know, they didn't really treat young blokes that well. But you learn from that as well. Um, you know, you're hanging on every word, and if they treat you like rubbish, you you, you felt like mm. as low as mm. as low as the dirt. And um, so it was one of those things that I try my best not to not to treat young blokes like that when I was sort of yeah. getting older in in my life. But um, but probably yeah, those guys. And you know what? I'm insulting so many by not not mentioning them. Yeah. Yeah, Muzzer and, and Kevin um, and, and Phil Narko and Madjo were yeah, Troy Ugle. I love playing with Troy Ugle. One of my favourite stories, one of my favourite stories with, with Boopy, and um, he was number 35, I was 33, so we were pretty close. He'd always make me go out to his car and get his bag out of the boot and bring it into training. I said, well, why, didn't, why didn't you go get it? He goes, don't back chat, young fella. Go get the bag. <laughs> yes, yes, Troy. And I went and get his bag and bring it in. And, um, and he was he was just a he was a beauty, but so he was he was hard on me, and he and he was, and all those guys they taught you about respect, yeah, and uh, and you learnt it. But um, I remember a game we were playing Subiaco, and I was in one of my first six games of footy, and um, a very well known media personality in Perth was playing for Subiaco, and we won't mention his name, but he was a left footer with really blonde hair. Um, <laughs> And threw himself I around. I know you, man. Yeah. yeah, I think so. His initials are Carl Langdon. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and Boris has come over. No, I would met Boris at the time. I got well with it now. He's a bloke. Um, but he's just seen this young kid who's um, got a bit of attention, had a, had a good debut, um, got some attention, and he's come before the bounce. As we're running out, he's come over and just given me a belter like, and, and knocked me over. And uh, Unintentional, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, no, no, okay, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's completely intentional. He's coming out to sort out the, the young guy, and um, and Troy Eagle has come out of nowhere and just sat him on his backside, and you know, and then is probably hit him three or four times before he realised one punch was coming. He's pretty quick book, <laughs> and uh, he said, "Touch him again, and I'll kill you." And all of a sudden, I'm standing up like this, going, "Yeah, that's that's my man." And, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I said, <laughs> uh, yeah, so those, "Those boys, as much as." hard on you they gave you a really yeah. good understanding of respect in life and um but they were there they had your yeah. back as well so that's why you got his stuff out of his car off. every day <laughs> yeah it was a lot of cold but yeah, but, yeah nice one this week's days is some of the 
most important days yeah. I think, for me yeah. in my footy life. And that's why, I mean, I got drafted at the end of 92 and I, I didn't think I was ready to, to go to Melbourne. Um, the thought of it actually half frightened me. So that's probably one of the reasons I stayed in. I stayed in Perth for um, another 12 months and had a full season of league footy. Yep. With John Todd and, and those guys in, in 1993. Yep. All right. Well, let's get on to you uh, getting picked up in the draft right after we take a break. Scott Cummings is our special guest. Uh, after that, we'll talk about uh, your move from Perth uh, over to the Bombers uh, and an incredible uh, debut that you had uh, in the red and black as well. This is Inspiring Stories. Scott Cummings is our special guest. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. This one, of course, uh, brought to you by Bower and O'Day. And we are hearing uh, the inspiring story uh, of Scott Cummings, uh, a Perth boy who uh, plied his trade at uh, many of the big clubs uh, in the AFL. Now resides in Melbourne, but we're still uh, claiming him uh, as one of our own. But uh, look, for a little while, you weren't ours, Scott. 1992, you got picked up uh, number 20 in the AFL draft from Swans. You make the move over to the Bombers. Um, tell us what that was like as a, as a youngster, the idea of packing your bags and, and heading off into the great unknown. Uh, it, was, it was pretty daunting. Um, it was pretty daunting. And that's, and that's why I said I, I probably stayed, I stayed a year um, to grow up a little bit. Mm. And, um, and I thought, you know, Toddy got me ready for, uh, for Sheeds, for Kevin Sheedy. And um, little did I know... That no one can get you ready for Kevin Shirty. It's impossible. Um, he's a uh, quite a unique individual. Um, <laughs> can you elaborate was, on that for us? Bloke. I will. I yeah. Will okay. All right. We're getting there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but you know, as a, as a young guy, and you, you get thrown, not thrown, you get the opportunity to yeah. to, to go and play and, and live out your dream, and and. Um, um, the the uh, the baby bombers had just won the flag, and um, so it was all a bunch of guys my age or, or thereabouts. So that was pretty handy. But then you also had some of the best leaders you could wish for in your first year, in in um, you know in Mark Harvey, in uh, Gary O'Donnell, in um, uh, Tim Watson had come back, uh, and my probably the best captain I ever had in Bomber Thompson, mm. and. Um, um, you know, Dean Wallace is in there as well. Paul Salmon, uh, just amazing leaders. But but then off field, I had some yeah pretty handy blokes to hang out with out in mm. the town, and uh, um, obviously don't mind a, a good time when the time is right. And uh, I found the time was right a lot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, I, it was it was a, it probably took me those three months to not want to move home. Talk us through your your, your debut. I mean, you know, as a forward. Uh, on debut, most people pretty happy to bag one. You managed to bag eight. Can you? I can can't you believe yeah. I almost glossed over that. I mean, I know. What, the hell? what were you thinking? No, that was, no, was just. I mean, as, as, more, as debuts I lost, go, I lost my way there. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, no, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah, look, it was, it was, um, it was good. It was great. No, no doubt about that. I was, it was a great day. Um, that's for sure. But I've got to. And I'll be completely serious. We, I have a bit of fun with that, obviously, but I'll be completely serious in the fact that on debut is a good time to play well because no one really knows your strengths, no one knows your weaknesses, yep. and um, you can sort of slip under the radar a little bit. And we've played Sydney. I, I was in some 
pretty good form leading up to that in in the reserves and um, the you know the member, the supporters were calling for Sheeds to play me and the more you tell Sheeds to do something the less likely he is of doing it so I'm trying to tell all the supporters to shut up and, um, but I'd come I'd come off um, and this this is in the reserves so it's not big dunning but I'd come off a, a two games in a row one with 11 goals and then followed up with 12 goals and he had no choice and he played me and. Um, we played Sydney at the MCG. Another regret. I debuted with a long sleeve. I mean, what a disappointing oh, no. thing to do. But oh, where's Dozzy? He exactly. played in Melbourne. Yeah. I think it was June or, June or July. It was pretty cold <laughs> and a little bit wet. And uh, so on the long sleeve, he went on the old woolen ones and um, and uh, and had a good day. And I, I had lunch with, with Gary O'Donnell. And you remember things. I had lunch with Gary O'Donnell in Perth a, a month or so ago. And um, Garrett was the bloke who kicked me the ball to kick my first goal in uh, in AFL footy, and yeah. Um, yeah, ended up with with eight, which um, seemed to piss Sheeds off a fair bit. And, Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it was it was eight two. And this is this is this is how he treated me. So he was annoyed um, about the two well, behinds, was he? Well, I walked into the rooms, and the first words he says to me was. He growls at me. He goes, "No media." I'm like, oh, "Okay, no worries, Kevin." Um, I was okay, and he goes, "Eight two. I said, "Yeah, yeah, eight two. Yeah, not bad, eh?" He's gone. Should have been ten, shouldn't it? I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> so I walked away half flat yeah. after kicking eight on debut. So I thought, "Geez, the coach has upset me," and I get the uh, has, has I've upset the coach, and I get there on the Monday training. And there's a note in my locker, handwritten by Sheeds, that says, "Don't be the next John Georgiades." <laughs> I thought, which was pretty, pretty insulting to John Georgiades, but um, he, he kicked uh, eight on debut for the Dogs, and um, and Sheeds um, said, "Don't be the next John Georgiades." So it sort of rode me mm. even harder, and then and then some, you know, all the articles would come out after that, and mm. get a lot of attention. Mm. Um, but my I preferred my game the next week against North Melbourne more than I prefer. I, I look at my debut, as I said, you can sneak under the radar, but there was no sneaking under the radar mm. around the next game when I was playing on Mick Martin mm. at the MCG. And How did you go it, with Mick? He would have tried to uh, rough you up a bit, I wouldn't he? To, I tried to beat the crap out of me. Rough me up is an understatement. Yeah, he was, and he, you know, you get in the blue with Mick, he's a big slobbering monster. He's spitting on you as he's talking and some bloke in the crowds yelled out to Mick, he's like, hey, Mick, will you piss off? You're scaring my kids. And I've laughed and he's like, what are you laughing at? Stupid. I'm like, oh, it's not funny, Mick. That's really disrespectful. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, I kicked four that day. So I was actually more pleased with that. Than I, than I was was the eight because it was yeah. four earned really earned goals and I, th- I think we won so um, but yeah so finished with the, the last ten games of the season we yeah. missed the finals unfortunately but um, uh, as far as first years go at the time I was I was fairly happy with it pretty happy with it so how did you go then when Sheeds uh, decided to drag you down to the back line and and, and play you at <laughs> centre half back and around there did you have a few dust ups well, with him about that. Oh no no no! You don't have dust up your sheets. You just you just listen and um, try and understand what he's talking about. And I never did. I, I could never understand what he wanted from me. And that's and that's um, and I, you know what? I've recently seen Sheeds um, post lockdown last year. I've ended up doing a gig with him, believe it or not. And um, um, I was booked in to see it. And then a week before I'm doing it, they tell me that the, the only thing you got to do is interview interview Kevin Sheedy. I'm like, oh no. 
Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? Um, and then I saw him at a lunch. Then I saw him at a lunch, and we we both had a couple, and uh, I really let him know what I thought. <laughs> and uh, in a in a in a uh, not in an aggressive way whatsoever. I said, "No, nah, I thought you're no good." And um, I said, "I didn't understand anything you wanted from me." And any time I did something, you were never happy with it, mate. So um, yeah, you certainly didn't get the best out of me, and that's what good coaches do. They get the best out of you. And this is this is one of his hot buttons. This is where I know you know I was everything I was saying. I was building up to this last bit because I know it pisses him off like there's no tomorrow. And I said. And that's why you know, Mick Moldhouse is a far better coach than you. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And it, was, and, it was, and it was like, it was, oh, it was a, that's a drop mic moment. Like, oh, well, said, well, that's the end of the day, mate. That's, that's how I feel. Not everyone, you know, there's, for every bloke like me, there's probably two that love you, but for me, you were no good. And uh, <laughs> he's like, well, you were no good either. That's why I sacked you. I said, yeah, well, you didn't even have the balls to tell me you were going to sack me, though, did you? So uh, he said, wow. he didn't tell me. The club didn't tell me. They just traded me, really, without me knowing. Ten hours before the trade deadline, I had to pick a club. So, um, yeah, so I had fun that day. It was a good yeah. lunch. It was a good lunch. Wow. <laughs> Got a bit off your chest. So that's the, yeah, absolutely. But that's, but that, yeah, that, that's footy. You know, and that's, at the time, I hated it. I hated the fact that they told me for five weeks that I was going to get a contract and I was going to, like, here it is, here it is. And they offered me a contract over the phone 13 hours before the trade deadline. And I accepted it over the phone. And there was a big pause at the other end. Um, and I don't, the guy that was offering the contract, I don't think he expected me to, to accept it. Mm. And it was like, okay, I accept that contract. And you hear this. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. Oh, 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 that's fantastic. Great. Well, all the best. And then three minutes later, my my manager rang me and said, "Port or Geelong, pick a club." And that wow. was the last I heard of Essendon. Yeah. So it was pretty pretty ordinary way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think at the time too, being traded back then was something fairly newish. Mm. Um, clubs do it a lot better these days, and I'm sure if they had their time again, they'd probably be a bit. More open and upfront and honest with it, but um, at the end of the day, as long mm. as somebody wants you, um, it's okay. You know, you sit down with a player and say, "Listen, we're, we're thinking of trading you. Um, yeah, we have you got a preference of where you want to go? Um, um, we try and get the best deal for us." And you know, players will be upset and they'll be pissed off. You've seen we see it this year or last year as well with with Adam Trelaw and Jane Stevenson from Collingwood. And because if you're honest with them and telling the truth, then yeah. yeah, they can be dirty all they like, and it's up to then it's up to me for when I get over it. Yeah, when I want to mount yeah. up and, and get over it. But yeah, uh, anyway, so that yeah, that was it, and I had the choice between Geelong or Port Adelaide. Yeah, well, sorry, but the question was sorry, the question was about going down back. <laughs> the reasoning for going down back was was sound, and it was they said, look, we don't have someone. Mark Harvey couldn't keep playing on the on the on the brutes. You know, yeah, only probably six six two six one six two. Sensational career, hard as a cat's head, halves, and, and one of the great blokes. Um, but they needed a bigger bloke to to take on the the Wayne Careys, the the Stewie Lowe's, and and you know the Matthew Richardsons, those sort of people, and um, and they didn't have one. And so I said, okay, yeah, right. But they just she's just forgot to tell me how to play it. <laughs> so I just it's like if I if I get rolled, then it was like you know you got to do this, you got to harden up, you got to be better than that. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, okay, I'm learning, but. Uh, teach me. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah, it didn't really work. It worked a couple of times. Then I get thrown forward again and back and dropped and back and dropped and forward and then dropped. And yeah, so 
it was pretty tumultuous the last couple of years. But yeah. I was still young and I still just wanted to play footy and yeah. I was trying to do my best. So. Well, hopefully after your, uh, you, you catch up with Sheeds recently, mate, hopefully he's had some time to reflect and see the error of his ways. <laughs> and see if he can become a better person. Yeah, exactly. Right. And except nah, that uh, maybe Mick like has got, got him covered. <laughs> well, in, in my eyes, he does, clearly. Absolutely yeah. clearly. Um, I'm sure there's some players that had both coaches that that maybe maybe prefer Sheeds. But like I said, like I said, for every bloke like me that doesn't like him, there was one that loved him. Yeah. And and generally the players playing in the reserves don't love the senior coach. Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they've, it's, they've got the irrits with him. And, um, you know, but for, for me, Mick got the absolute best out of me. And, um, and, and for that, he's the best coach I had. Yep. All right, let's, uh, of course, go to the next stage of your career right after we take a break, Scott. Uh, your Port Adelaide years, including a stellar first season uh, there for Port. Let's get into that right after we take a break. This is Inspiring Stories. Scott Cummings is our special guest. Back with more soon. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Uh, we are hearing the story of uh, footy champion Scott Cummings. Uh, Scott, you mentioned uh, you'd verbally agreed to a new contract uh, at the Bombers. Uh, hours later, uh, you're contemplating life in Adelaide, wearing the colours of port. Uh, how did that, uh, that sit with you at the time? You probably had to process a lot pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Well, it wasn't hours later. It was minutes that the phone call came yeah. saying, no, no, you're getting traded. It was Port or Geelong. And and, um, and, and why'd you choose Port? Good. Well, because I had a bit of foresight, Tim, for the first time in my life. <laughs> well done. I'm thinking, looked at my body and went, and even though I wasn't carrying any weight then, the writing was on the wall. And I looked at the horizontal hoops of Geelong and thought, they're not going to look very good on me at all. So we're off to Adelaide, off to Port Adelaide we go. So... Um, I went to Port Adelaide. I'm really proud to be a part of um, Port for the very first two years of, of their existence in the AFL, and um, and and came across a coach. I went, you know, I went from a coach who, who didn't rate me and didn't like me, and um, to a coach who in, in John Cale who who backed you every step of the way, uh, was motivating, um, was inspiring, and uh, uh, let you be you. Mm. You know, he, 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 he he let you be that, and probably Jack and I were fairly similar. And Jack Cale's got a great sense of humour, and he loves to laugh. And but when it's time to do the work, you do the work. And um, um, and I, I loved playing for him. I loved playing for, for Port Adelaide. They were they were terrific, and it was a lot of excitement in that. We were supposed to be finishing bottom of the ladder. Um, I think we missed the finals by a game uh, and a game and a half the next year. Mm. So you know we were competitive. Um, and some of my great memories are, you know, the, the first win for, for Port Adelaide was against Geelong. Um, and then the second win was probably my favourite one straight the week after in the very first showdown uh, where we were supposed to get beaten by, you know, from pillar to post by the big boys yeah. from Adelaide. And um, it's still, it's probably still the biggest rivalry I've ever seen. From the final siren of, you know, the Sunday's game, Leading up to the sh- to the first showdown, the place went berserk. Yeah. Every every shop had their colours in it. Every car had a scarf in it. You'd have supporters stop you in the street to to really 
get up in your face and say, you don't understand how much we hate these. And or, and they would tee off. And <laughs> I, I met, I probably met, in two years in Adelaide, I probably met five people who didn't follow footy. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in some way. And, you know, the, the hatred between Port and, uh, and the Crows was so intense. And it, it took me aback a little mm. bit. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm right, just, yeah, yeah, he's up, Cam, yeah. we'll do our best. He's like, do better than your best. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, man, I'll do better than my best. I don't know how to do that, but I'll do it, Jesus. And I just, you had to lock, you go to train and then you lock yourself at, in and at home because it was just every news article, every newspaper um, it was, was all about the showdown. And um, to come out there, but, you know, Jack, he calmed us. He made us, you know, we were the underdog, but it was all us versus them, and I love that. Yeah. Um, and it was like there is no pressure on you guys whatsoever. You're not expected to win. They think they're going to walk all over the top of you. And then we got up. You know, we we it was a, mate. We got off to a flyer. We were, we were well in front. Um, you lose your Wangadine goes off earlyish. Um, injured when you lose your skipper, it takes a bit of wind out of your best player as well. And um, and and they were flying home. I think they hit the last five, and we we held on by I mean, eight or ten points or something like that. It was. Just amazing. Like yeah. The celebrations were huge. <laughs> you, you, you were going, um, we'd go back to Albert and Oval and the social club was upstairs and you sort of walk through that sort of part of the sea for the players to walk through. And, and um, you know, in, the, in those old days before the salary caps were important, the club didn't know what was happening, but you, you'd walk through and the, the punters are giving you 100. There's another 100 for you. That was brilliant, mate. You made my day in 100. You walk down, walk down, going, what the hell's going on here? I've got money stuffed in my pockets. It, had to, it, it got stopped pretty quickly. Yeah. But my dear, on the uh, on the other way, just explaining their passion, the, the next week or two weeks later when you play another home game and you've you've had a really bad game, you're walking through, they're like, give him 100 back, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in, they're in there. Yeah. But, um, but look, I loved it and had a good year yeah. in that first well, year. Well, 70 goals and, in that, um, that first year. I mean, which put you third on the Coleman medal tally. Unfortunately, the guy who won yeah. that year was the, the glamour boy uh, at the Crows at the time, wasn't it? Your crosstown rival in uh, in Tony Modra. Yeah. Um, you must yeah. have had well, a good time talking up that rivalry, though. Well, Mods are a ripping bloke, and, and we've um, we've bumped into each other a few times uh, over the years, and always had a always have a beer. I really, I get on well with Mods, but I got to tell you, when I get to to Adelaide and um, Absolutely in the shadows of of mods. Um, to two years later, and, and I'll explain why why I got traded. Um, uh, to go to West Coast and go right, I'm going home now. You know, number one full forward here, and then mods goes to Fremantle. Well, that was like you're going to be joking me. <laughs> Seriously, bugger off and leave me alone. But uh, um, he's a star. But as you said, I had a good year in in that first year because I loved playing footy again. You know, the coach liked me. The coach backed me. And um, we had a team of guys who just wanted to have a dip, and uh, it was it was brilliant. But then I just thought, and, and it's my fault. My '98 was a really ordinary year. I think I kicked 40, or 42 goals or something. Tough year. Copped it in the paper weekly. Um, a couple of journos had a real target on me and and went after me, and it was tough. But it was my fault in the end because. I just thought that everything was going to continue to get better for me. Mm. Um, you know, I was playing every week. I just thought, you know, I kick 70 this year. Next year, I'm going to kick 80 or 75 or 80 or, you know, whatever. And I didn't do, I probably, I didn't do the work in the preseason. I did what I just had to do. And I was always someone that had to do extra, had to do more. Yeah. Um, 
and um, and I didn't do it. And and you know, and looking back now, it was I didn't know at the time, but looking back now, you know, mm. it was probably the main cause. It wasn't yep. like I was injured. I think I, I got dropped once. I had to play in the SNFL, play for the Port Magpies. I was drafted to them with their internal draft. I played with a lace-up jumper. Beautiful. I had the lace-up jumper then. I was remembering about two minutes before we went out. Remember um, Richard Ambrose? Played at Subiaco yeah. uh, for a while. He was at Port at the time. And I had to look at him. Two minutes before we went out, I said, man, how do you do this thing up? I, you know, I had no idea how to lace me jumper up. I went out and played a game for the Magpies, which was... Um, humbling and um, and a reality check, but um, and then and then at the end of the yeah, end of that year, I re-signed a, a one-year contract, and um, so I didn't, didn't want to leave. And um, I get a phone call in the off-season from the football manager saying, um, "Don't look into this whatsoever because you are a required player at uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club." I said, "Pretty sure that's the word that Essendon said to me." Um, and I tell you, if I know, knew then what I know now, the second they say you're required player, mate, you just get your box you're of not. goodies and off your trot, you're yeah. gone. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the same as the coach having the full support of the board. He doesn't yeah. want that. No. <laughs> you know, if, they say that if they say that publicly, he's stuffed. But, um, and um, and he, he rang me and, and told me that. And he said, oh, look, we, we have, don't look into it. Uh, but Mick Moldhouse has been calling. And I said, right. It wasn't matter. I've signed an extension. I don't want to go anywhere. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries at all. But we wouldn't want to stop a bloke furthering his career if that's what he wanted to do. So so oh. good of them to uh, consider your welfare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and look, it was, oh, see, it was yeah. a trade basically for, for Jared Schofield, wasn't it, for you to come yeah, over? straight swap. Uh, to to yeah. West Coast. Uh, having said that, the lure of coming home must have been pretty good. Well, as I, as I said, I didn't want to leave. And, and again, I... Um, I didn't want to leave. Uh, you know, I, I chose to, to re-sign. But um, the the thing that made it easy was that I was coming home, and um, and that um, you know I'd watch West Coast um, those early days, and I'd watch them with Mick coming over in 1990, who scared the pants off me as a young like Mick. I just watching him on telly he scared the pants off a lot of journalists as well. But um, uh, my first meeting with him, I was. Yeah, we the deal was done. Mm. It was I was going to West Coast. I'm going to West Coast, and um, so I'd sign the contract, and then and then I went to meet the coach, and um, and I sat down with him. My very first meeting with him, I walked out of there just going, oh, God, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to play for this footy club. I can't wait to play for this bloke. And um, the the reason Mick is so good, and and why he was so good for me, is that Mick understands that different things make different people tick. Yeah, and, and that's a it's such an important lesson for everyone. It's an important lesson for for coaches, um, you know, for for parents, for managers of businesses. You know, you've got a, a team of staff you have to to manage. Blanket rules really, really work. Mm. And if you know, you can understand. You know what makes you tick, Tim, is different to what makes me tick. It's different to what makes him, him, and him, and her, and her, and her tick. And if you can understand, where so Mick Monhouse would would grab someone, and this might be a kid who's come from a, a privileged life. He's had everything handed to him. He's got through on his natural ability. Never been challenged in his life. And Mick will sit him down and say, "Hey, um, listen, um, I rate you. I think you're really good. I don't think anyone's pushed you. I'm going to push you. So when I come at you." Don't take it personally because I'm going to take you from here and I'm going to get you to here. So the kid understands why the coach is going at him. 
and, and he understands what we're... So I had no idea why, why she's kept coming at me all the time. It was maybe what he was thinking, but I didn't know that. Mm. And But then Mick will grab the, the next guy who might have come from the broken home, might have been told that he's crap all his life, been told you were no good, you were no good, you're no good, you're trouble, you're never going to make anything. And he gets drafted because, you know, you're pulling kids from all walks of life now. And, and he sits down and Mick will sit down with him and say, and get his story, understand him, find out what's going on in his life, how he's got to here. And then say, listen, um, I rate you. I reckon you're going to be a star. And um, um, I'm going to I'm going to ride you a bit, but uh, I know you can handle it. And um, I'm going to take you from here and I'm going to take you to there. And all of a sudden, this bloke walks out and goes, Geez, this bloke told me that I'm... I'm okay. He told me that I'm not crap. Mm. He, he, he believes me and the chest comes out and they walk through mountains for him, you know? So, yeah. It, but, but the most important thing too is he loves it. He loved to laugh. He loved a practical joke, Mick. And um, as long as I knew when to do it, not at the wrong time, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we're going well. And, and, you know, and he, he's still a mate of mine now. I still catch up with Mick yeah, um, a, a couple of times a year for a lunch that um, will turn into dinner. And um, we'll we'll have a yeah you know, a, a good laugh and a, and, a, and a good chat with myself and and Paul Lecure, who's a, obviously a yep. uh, an ex Collingwood bloke and, and we take the coach out for lunch and and uh, and catch up. A couple of other judge. big highlights in your your time at West Coast too. I want to ask you uh, about your bag of ten uh, in a Western Derby and of course the famous fourteen. Scotty, we'll get you to uh, explain all that right after this. This is Inspiring Stories. Scott Cummings is our guest. Back with more in a minute. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McNullen is my name. My special guest is Scott Cummings, who by this stage has left Port Adelaide. He's come back home uh, to be the the focus up front for West Coast uh, as uh, a replacement of sorts, I suppose, uh, for the uh, other goal-kicking champion for West Coast around about that time in Peter Sumich. Um, Just before we, uh, we get you to talk more about that, let's just have a listen to this little snippet of audio, Chris. Scott Cummings... Going at number 14, the best ever by an eagle. Well, that really is a fantastic effort. Uh, so that was you kicking your 14th in one memorable uh, round four game against Adelaide uh, in 2000, Scott. Does that go down as, as your proudest achievement, bagging 14 in one game? Um, There's not many who can say they've done that. Yeah, I know. Um, and you, you mentioned Summer. He wasn't happy with it. Um, but, <laughs> well, because um, he kicked the 13 at one point, didn't he? Yeah, he, he got 13-7 or something like that. He, <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, and up until, and, and I joke about that, but up until probably you know, last year, I probably had Summer still as the number one for the Eagles I've ever had, and J.K.'s probably just passed him now. But Summer, Summer was a superstar. But uh, look, it was it was a great night. Um it, it just one of those nights that, that everything worked, and um, and I kicked straight for a change. I yeah, you were bombing them in one. from all parts of the forward line. Yeah, well, when you, when you're a confidence player, all forwards are confidence players. Once you once you you clunking them like that, then um, your confidence is up, and you're not thinking about much else. And and they were going through beautifully. They got you know magnificent delivery um, all night, and we had a really good midfield. Uh, geez, had some pretty handy stars kicking me the kicking me <laughs> the footy and. Um, so yeah, look, it was it was a great night. Uh, it, it was a great night. It's, it's not in it's not my favourite game. As I said, my favourite is my hundredth, which is my first 
final. Um, we were only kicked four, but um, we won that final. But yeah, it was it was a trippy night, and um, it's very important that you you back up a big performance and um, that you play consistent footy and you, and you don't get ahead of yourself and um, and then let it all slip. So to go to Geelong mm-hmm. the next week and to kick. To kick one, uh, was it was excellent. Uh, that was a terrific <laughs> effort. And I think you know what? I, I reckon Ben Graham might have run off and kicked one on me. So <laughs> you're probably looking at a nil all draw. Then, but, uh, and geez, did I cop it? I, I copped it hard from from Judgy and um, copped it really hard. So leading into the derby was was important to yeah. sort of bounce back from that. And and, and you and, certainly and, did uh, ten in the in the derby, making you the instant uh, forever enemy. Uh, of of the Dockers, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what I loved. Uh, I loved it at Port Adelaide. You know, I'd get stuck in the Crows people as much as I possibly could. It was just, it was fun. It was part of the deal. And I did the same at at West Coast. It was, you know, I, I loved that rivalry. I loved the us versus them, and I loved those derbies and and showdowns. And if I could make them any bigger by making people hate you, uh, people you're never going to see. You're never going to see them. You're never going to meet them. Or yeah, you know, they're not going to have any bear on your life. And and I only upset them, you know, a couple of, a couple of hours every every three months. So um, um, yeah. So if you could add to that rivalry, then I, I love mm. doing it. And mm. um, so, so that was all right. But yeah, they have, have ten in a in a uh, in a show in a showdown or sorry in a derby. Um, yeah, absolutely proud mm. of that. It's, I think it's one of the very few things that JK, the 14 and the 10, is one of the very few things that JK hasn't taken off me. <laughs> yeah, with, his, with his two commons and yeah. <laughs> on goals and good on him. Yeah, good um, on him. Well, look, the 1999 yeah, Coleman will have your name on it uh, forever. The first one, as I keep telling JK, the first one. All right, the Eagles, yeah, the first one. I've exactly. got to take Hey, uh, we have to gloss over the uh, more recent um, parts of your career, Scott, because we're we are running out of time. Um, I can talk. Bo- you, 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 you're pretty good at it. <laughs> you're almost as good as uh, as a chat as you are at kicking goals. Hey, um, towards the end of your West Coast days, obviously, you know, you, you dip in form, but also injuries started to, to creep up and get the better of you uh, as well. You were given a bit of a lifeline, I suppose you could call it, uh, by Mick Malthouse, who, of course, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, had, had moved to Collingwood. Uh, did you – was it was it ever sort of re- retirement – at that point, at the end of West Coast, was that was was that a was it going to be sort of a I'm retiring unless Collingwood comes along or or, or something of that no, nature? No, it was I, I was I was gutted. I was really really gutted um, to to get to get the lemon and sass there. To be honest with you, and it took me a few days to to get to get my head around what I wanted to do. And then I think it was day three or day four because Mick rang me immediately to see just see how I was. Mm. How you going, mate? What are you going to do? You going to play footy anymore? And I said I don't know. Um, and then had a few more discussions with other people, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to let them decide when my career's over. I'm going to, I'm going to have another crack. And I went and got myself in the best nick I've ever been in my life for three months, um, training with Steve Smith down in Claremont, uh, who was an animal, and um, and I was as fit and as fast and as strong as I've ever ever been. And went and trained with Collingwood for a few days, and Mick sent me home and and rang me a week later and said, "Bad luck, son." And I said, "Oh, what's happened?" And he said, "You've got me for another twelve months." And <laughs> and over I came, and and um, I said to my wife, "I said we'll we'll move over, we'll go back to Melbourne, we'll finish, we'll play for twelve months, we'll finish on my terms, and and then we'll come home." And we haven't come home, um, <laughs> but unfortunately, um, unfortunately the um, yeah, you know, that I did my first hamstring ever 
in in round two. I, I did too much running in the preseason. Yeah. I did my first hamstring against West Coast at the MCG, and then from then on, the back and the hamstrings kept kept going. I had a hip as well, and and I probably worn myself out in that preseason. So in yeah. hindsight, it probably wasn't the best thing to do, but it got me an opportunity there. And Collingwood offered me a job after I retired. I worked there full time for three mm. years, and I, was, and I still host functions for them now. They've looked after me amazingly. Yeah. Eddie's recommended me for the job I've been doing the last thirteen years, yeah. and um, they've been really, really good to me. So um, amazing yeah, that of the of the, the four big clubs that you played for. Um, you know the the club that you played, what well, only five games for is the one you've had the uh, the, yeah. the longevity with in your post playing career. Yeah, and I always get asked, always, who do you barrack for? And it's like, well, it's, a, it's a hard question to answer. I, was, I love I love them all, but um, I say Collingwood. And I say, why? Well, they're the only ones that didn't sack me. And that's because I spoke first in the meeting with Mick. <laughs> but, uh, at the end of the day, like you know, I know this is this is supposed to be inspiring stories. I'm not sure my my story is inspiring, but the the mess. I guess the message for it all is that you you're going to get kicks in the guts at some stage. You, you're going to get some bad days. You're going to get some rejection and that sort of stuff. But it it doesn't have to stop you from being who you want to be and and um, achieving what you want to achieve. So uh, um, yeah, it's really yeah. My, my football career is far from inspiring, but I think the messages you can take out of it there, there's something for people to mm. to take out of it. I know I have. I've learned and I've grown. Every step of the way, mate. On that uh, on that deep note, congratulations on your career, and uh, don't stay at Collingwood for too long. <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, well, maybe we'll see you back what. in the West yeah. one day. Yeah, I think you will. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. All the best. You've been listening to inspiring stories here on eight eighty two six PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.